Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Acts, chapter 28. Here's Pastor Ryan. It speaks of believers being caught up to meet the Lord in the air. We know that verse, right? To, that we who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord. And it's that same word in Greek. To meet is a pantosin, uh, which means an entourage. An, an entourage excited to meet an important official coming into the city. So when the church gets raptured, when before Jesus brings his wrath upon a non-believing world, the church is going to be pulled out of here. And when we're pulled out of here, it'll be as an entourage that is excited and looking forward to meet the official Jesus in the air, to tell him how much we love him, to tell him how grateful we are for his words spoken into our lives, for him changing us. Think about that. It'll be the same way. It'll be an entourage going to heaven in excitement and in joy. And it'll be Jesus also meeting us as that honored official with excitement and joy. And that's what was happening as the disciples were going down to meet Paul. It's an entourage of great joy. And we read here that when Paul saw them, he thanked God and he took courage. The word to take courage is tharsos in the Greek. Uh, it's a verb used by people who are in distress, who are then encouraged. Tharsos. People who were in distress, they, used, they would use that term as, as being in distress, but then encouraged. So Paul, with an uncertain future, what's going to happen at Rome? In a strange land, he had never been there before. When he saw the brethren, when he saw the fruit of his labor there, they came down to him. It says that he saw them and he took courage. He went from being distressed to being uh, uplifted in his soul. And that is the blessing of the brethren in fellowship. It is so essential that we hang with one another. It is so essential that we fellowship and are close with one another, especially in these times. We're seeing through scripture how important it, it was and is that Paul, an apostle of Christ, would go from being distressed to uplifted when he saw the brethren. We live in a time where the world does not want us to fellowship. The devil does not want us to fellowship. And our flesh does not want us to fellowship. Your flesh and my flesh sometimes doesn't want to get up and go to church. Our flesh is more concerned with what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? The flesh is concerned what we want to do other than the things of God. But in the spirit, oh, our hearts want to go to the house of the Lord. Our heart wants to fellowship with the brethren. So we need to remember how important it is, especially these times. The world doesn't want us to fellowship. You know what's going on. The, the Satan is more than happy to shut churches down. 
The world is trying to isolate us, to separate us. This talk of the new variant of the coronavirus, don't let them talk you into not getting close to people. Don't let them do it. Part of Satan's tactic is to separate people. Around the world, there are doctors and scientists, educators, nurses, medical staff, judges, who are meeting in countries that don't have rights as we do in America, but they're meeting almost in secrecy. If you think about Australia, you know, from time to time, you'll catch a glimpse of them protesting in the streets, right? Have you guys seen that? They're protesting in the streets. Even in France, people are Francais. They show them in Paris. You know, not all channels do it. So you have to f search these things out. They're protesting. They're meeting in secret. They're, they are, you know, doctors, lawyers, judges. And, you know, we have to find that information out because it's being censored. The truth is the gospel. Jesus gives us his truth and it sets us free. Part of that truth is he says, let no one deceive you. Part of that truth says we have to be discerning. We have to not be intellectually lazy, but go out and seek the information. Obviously, when things are being censored, that's like a red flag and obvious that maybe we shouldn't believe everything that they're telling us. Hello? Some of these groups are really focusing on the testing of the COVID, the PCR tests, that the founder of it, the creator of it, has, you know, almost guaranteed that, that positive, uh, uh, false positives will come about from taking, from using the PCR test. And all of the restrictions are based on test results. That's what they say. But the test itself has not been scrutinized in a court of law where evidence is to show that it is what it is. That's why no one died of the flu the last two years. Because everything was COVID. And whenever they want more restrictions, they're going to use the results of the test. And the groups around the world, and they are very smart people fighting back, are going to attack that very thing. The testing. The testing. Because if they tell us everyone has COVID, then all of us have to, have to um, separate. The fellowship is more important now than ever. There are churches that will not say what I just said. There are pastors that, mm -mm, they don't want to touch it. I love you guys, and I pray that everybody stays at our church and that our church grows. Amen. But the Holy Spirit, He is driving me to warn people. Do you know that when Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness, that Lucifer offered him all the kingdoms of the world if Jesus would bow down and worship him. 
He offered them all the kingdoms of the world. And it wasn't like Jesus responded and said, no, those aren't your kingdoms to have. They are under the authority of Satan. The Bible says that the whole world is under the sway of the enemy. Those are those who aren't born again. The kingdoms, the presidents, the prime ministers, the chancellors. Why are we shocked when corporations, the, the heads of these things, are being influenced by Satan? It's not a conspiracy, it's the gospel. The gospel tells me that there's a conspiracy against our soul. And we have to have discernment to know what's going on. Yeah, but you know, we've always trusted our doctor. I get that. But Satan is not going to come as a boogeyman, ugly looking, crazy, and just say, I'm here to destroy your life and for us to look at that and say oh no thanks bible says that he comes as an angel of light he comes with credentials he comes with medals he comes with degrees he comes in lab coats we have to be he comes as ministers of the gospel even think about this false brethren all of it look at what the bible says so the holy spirit moves me drives me to speak of these things because the Bible teaches us that there is going to be a, a totalitarian world government. It not The Bible says there's going to be a totalitarian world government. That's what the gospel warns. That's why people should get saved. And there are pastors, and I have meetings with some of these guys. You know, say we shouldn't speak politics. I mean, I don't get what they're saying. We have to warn people. The fellowship is more important because we, when we get together, sometimes we unlearn some of the stuff that we've been hearing. Iron sharpens iron, right? So when we get together and we talk about what's going on in the world, we get edified, we get strengthened. But when we don't and we're isolated and we just have the tube, pretty soon the flesh says, yes, it's right. Cover up, don't go out, eat, watch movies. Stay home. Stay home. Cheese puffs. Mac and cheese. Buffalo wings. Football. Stay home. Fauci's saying we shouldn't have more than three people up for Christmas. Like Corona can count? Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7 through 10, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers, and above all things have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. The end of all things is at hand. So love one another. Don't separate. Love one another. That's the remedy to the madness. That's the remedy for Paul being distressed. He was distressed. He felt alone. He sees all of these brethren charging, saying, we are here. We are saved and we are here for you. And that's what the church says. We are saved. We're going to heaven and we are here for one another. 
Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 25. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know, because Jesus is coming back sooner by the way things are going, we can tell that he's coming back sooner than later. The Bible says, step it up with your gathering. So Satan will use anything to, uh, to undo what God has established, right? In the beginning, he made a male and female. So Satan makes a male and male, woman and woman, right? Marriages, right? God creates life, abortion, pushed by the politician and the doctors that are telling us we should separate, but can't tell the difference between what is a, another life in a woman's womb. And we just go, Why? Because our flesh just wants to eat Cheetos and not, not, not resist. That's why fasting and prayer kicks in. To say food, to, to food, you ain't my God, Jesus is. And, and when Paul, when Peter says, be serious about our prayers, be watchful in our prayers, he means it. Jesus said, I desire that all men pray and not lose heart. Look at what's going on out there. And they're going to throw, anytime they need it, they can throw it. Election coming, stay home. This is, a, this ain't, hey, this ain't Australia. This is the USA. You know what I mean? This ain't Germany. This is the USA. You stay home, Biden. <laughs> Paul was, he saw them and he thanked God and he took, he took courage. He took courage. And maybe you're watching this online, YouTubing this. You need to take courage and get to church. It's been two years. There's just no excuse. Everyone wants to go to heaven, but no one wants to die. People are so busy being careful that they stop living. They stop living. You know, when I worked for Caltrans, I knew I was in a very liberal uh, place. We were part of a union that supported abortion. You know, from time to time, you'd find somebody with godly va values and, and or conservative values. But I knew the area that I was in. We, and, and some of us, you know, have to be reminded of where we're at. That Satan will use our, our, our friends in our workplace, our friends in school, our friends who are, we love them, we're praying for them, but they don't know Christ. They don't know prophecy. They don't know scripture. They think that what you believe in and I believe in is a joke. It's a fantasy. But no, it's legit. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. What happens when you tell your friends that? But their words weigh so much on us sometimes. Why? Why give weight to what they say? They're lost. 
Paul says, one day you're going to judge angels. Can't, can't you discern what's going on? That you're looking to the world for answers? Don't trust every pastor. Weigh things out. Don't trust every Calvary chapel. Weigh things out. I know what it's like to want to chill. I'm Hawaiian. I love beaches. I love to just chill. And not worry myself with things too profound for me. But the Holy Spirit won't let me sleep. People need to be warned. And the chips will fall as they may. And it's not about whether you want to take the, the vaccine or have taken the vaccine or not. It's not about, it's about the mandates, the forcing, the closing up, the destroying people's businesses, the destroying some churches that will never open again. It's heartbreaking as a pastor to see some churches not open up again or Christians still stay home. Is it really living staying home? Is it really worshiping the Lord staying home? Does it feel good? It's like the woman at the well. You, you, you could drink from that water, you will thirst again. I'm tired of being thirsty. I just want to come into the house of the Lord and be strengthened and hear what's truth again. It was such a simpler time when I was a new believer sitting at, under Chuck Smith. Four years I got to hear him teach. The world was a safer place back then. It is crazy. So thanks for going home, Chuck. We can use you right now. <laughs> but we're here to carry on the torch. And, I, and I'm telling you that there are people within the Calvary movement who are saying, take it easy, Ryan. Take it easy. Nah, you take it easy. I'm not going to take anything easy. The love of Christ compels me. So he took courage. Verse 16. Now when we came to Rome, the centurion delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard. But Paul was permitted to dwell by himself with the soldier who guarded him. And so Paul was under house arrest. And he would be there for two years under house arrest because he wasn't a threat to Rome. And so they, they blessed him, and the Lord was using him to preach the gospel to whomever would come to his lodging. Uh, verse uh, 17, And it came to pass after three days that Paul called the leaders of the Jews together. So when they had come together, he said to them, Men and brethren, though I have done nothing against our people or the customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans, who when they had examined me, wanted to let me go, because there was no cause for putting me to death. But when the Jews spoke against it, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, not that I had anything to which to accuse my nation, for this reason therefore I have called for you, to see you and to speak with you because for the hope of Israel I am bound with this chain. And so Paul called the Roman Jews that were there. 
non-believers, mind you, just like he did in all his missionary journeys. He went to the synagogue and he shared with the Jews there. He can't go to a synagogue because he's doing time uh, under house arrest. So he had the religious Jews come to him and they had not heard anything about him uh, as of yet. But he shared with them that he, he's, he's going before, uh, you know, the emperor. He's, he's going to, he's in Rome for trial. However, he has nothing against Israel. Like he's not going to knock the nation. His goal is not to knock the nation, but to help his nation realize that Jesus Christ of Nazareth is the hope of Israel. And that's what Christmas is about, right? That's what, uh, <clears throat> what, uh, what they would say about our Lord as he was born. Uh, we know that uh, uh, Joseph, when the angel appeared to him in Matthew 1 to encourage him about Mary, said to him, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth the son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The hope of Israel. And Paul's like, you know, I, I came, I, I called you guys to, you know, let him know that he's not knocking the nation, but he's in chains for the hope of Israel and begins to share with them. Um, and then they said to him, we neither receive letters from Judea concerning you, nor have any of the brethren who came reported or spoken any evil of you, but we desire to hear from you what you think. For concerning this sect, right, Christianity, we know that it is spoken against everywhere. So the, the religious Jews did spread that. Watch out for Christianity. They spoke evil of it. Uh, verse 23, so when they had appointed him a day, many came to him at his lodging to whom he explained and solemnly testified of the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both from both the law of Moses and the prophets from morning until evening. And so it's, it's wonderful that Paul is testifying of the kingdom of God. Now, when that term is used, it's not just speaking of what we would think of as the gospel message, that Jesus died for the sins of mankind on the cross, and on the third day, God raised him for, from the dead for our justification. That alone isn't speaking the gospel and the kingdom of God. The gospel and the kingdom of God speaks of eschatology or future events. So when you share with people that Jesus Christ is going to judge this world, that's the gospel as well. That's speaking of the kingdom. That is as important as the cross and the resurrection. That Jesus is going to judge this Christ-rejecting world. And since that's going to happen, you should change your life, my friend, and give him your heart. He loves you. See, the fact that he's going to judge and the fact that he's going to establish his kingdom, all are the gospel message. And we need that today because of the craziness that's happening around us. Like, what do you say to people when they say, oh my gosh, it's like a one world government. That's hypothetically, a non-believer says that to you. My gosh, it's like, they're, you know, these globalists here, they're, you know, you don't have to be a believer to see that. And it's sad when non-believers can see it and believers can't. <laughs> right? Right? You know how to tell the weather, Jesus says. You can't tell the signs of the times. 
So when they say to you, the world's crazy. Every country wants us to be isolated and, and, and closed up and separated. Isn't that crazy? It's like globaliz globalism. Well, then you can share with them. You know what Jesus said? He said, let no one deceive you. He said that there's going to be a man who, to rise up and he's going to create a totalitarian world government where you cannot buy or sell or do anything unless you have his mark. That's the gospel. When we're thinking, oh, just give them the cross and the resurrection, sometimes you need to just tell them the judgment's coming. Sometimes you need to tell them what the Bible says about a one-world government. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services. We now have two services on Sunday, one at 8.30 a.m. and again at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.